Welcome to another episode of Coach Pep Talk, the podcast for people who run their own coaching businesses. Each week, I talk to an expert who shares wisdom that helps us be better coaches and better coaching business owners. This week, I've got money mindset extraordinaire Denise Duffield Thomas on the line, and she's talking to us all about healing your money mindset and finding self-love, acceptance, and wealth in your coaching business. So I'll see you on the other side. Coach Pep Talk is proudly brought to you by Life Coach Office, the one-stop shop software for managing your coaching business online. Life Coach Office is ideally suited to the single coach coaching business. It's for coaches who want an online space to share files, documents, worksheets, videos, coaching journals, and so much more rich online content with your clients all from the same space. You can log in and your clients can log in and you can collaborate inside the software. The best way to know if Life Coach Office is a good fit for your coaching business is to give it a try. We've got a free seven-day trial and you can sign up straight away, no credit card required. All you need is an email address. You can check that out and sign up for the trial at lifecoachoffice.com. I'm super excited to have Denise Duffield Thomas on the show today. Denise is the money mindset mentor for the new wave of online female entrepreneurs. Her best-selling books, Lucky Bitch and Get Rich Lucky Bitch, give a fresh and funny roadmap to create an outrageously successful life and business. Denise helps women release their fear of money, set premium prices for their services, and take back control over their finances. Denise is an award-winning speaker, author, and entrepreneur who helps women transform their economy class money mindset into a first-class life. And it's so true. I've been studying with Denise since October last year, and she is just fantastic. I'm so excited to have her on the show. Hello, Denise, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I know this is going to be a juicy conversation. I already know it. You already know it. Okay, well, let's just jump straight (laughs) into the first question. One thing that I'm dying to know is, I know you've been in the coaching game for a long time. You're talking to coaches here on all levels, you know, that may have just started or they've been coaching for a long time too. And I'm just curious to know a little bit about where were you? What were you doing when you had your aha moment and you knew you were going to, you were destined to be this money mindset coach? Oh, wow. Gosh, I have no idea when the exact moment was, but I just, I want to say that I got my first coach myself when I was at university. I was 19. I'd just gone to Tony Robbins um, and walked on fire, did the whole thing. And I signed up um, to work with one of the coaches in his program kind of thing. And I remember I'd go to his office and he was kind of a bit of a cheesy coach, to be honest. He would wear, he kind of looked like a magician. He would wear a purple shirt and a purple tie, like a matching thing. And, and bless him. You know, he would, he would get me to close my eyes and he would read out a meditation from NLP for dummies. I kid you not. And, and you know what, that's the moment I thought, um, this coaching thing is interesting, but I don't think it's a real job. So even though I spent all of my high school time, I actually spent most of my university degree coaching and mentoring other um, people in a leadership program, but I was like, this isn't a real job. So I have to go find a real job. And I spent all of my twenties doing that, working in jobs that I didn't like 
Um, and it wasn't until I was 30 again that I found out about um, a lady who did a coaching, a coaching course called Sandy Forster. And I read her book and I loved her. And I <laughs> signed up to go to one of her free calls and I didn't actually attend it. But someone texted me and said, you want a scholarship to Sandy's life coaching course? And I was like, but I wasn't even on the call. So that was the moment that I went, oh, wow, this, this is really what I'm meant to be doing. And the universe is giving me this little nudge of now is your time to go into this profession. But it took me actually a while to go into the money topic. I started out as a very generic coach, helping anyone with anything. Um, and it took me probably a good year and a half, two years before I felt even com like comfortable and confident talking about money. But after that, very quickly, I felt the calling for it. And I rejected that calling <laughs> for about six months because I was like, no, I'm not the money girl. I can't send this to someone else. Um, and finally, I realized, oh, talking about money does not mean you have to be Susie Orman. It's okay to contribute to this conversation. If you really care about women and money, just share what you know and that's enough. So that's kind of uh, my whole journey of how I got started as, as a coach. So how, I have a couple of questions. So what, what signs were you getting? You said there were six months when you were resisting being that money coach. What kind of signs was the universe giving you? Well, first of all, I was just going to keep it to myself because I was working on my money mindset for quite a while. Um, so I was like, I'm just going to keep this to myself. Then I started talking to my clients about it. And even just their reaction was, oh my God, this stuff really works. Oh my God, this is blowing my mind. So I actually decided I was going to do one course, one group course, just one. Um, and that went really well. And so I was like, oh, and I think the calling for me came and I hear this from other people too. It just came from a real burning in my gut to talk about it mm. To, But like a reluctance at the same time. It was like, I really, I'm burning to talk about this, but I'm so scared. <laughs> I would think about it all the time. Mm. I was having dreams about it. And I think that's how it came for me. It really felt like this energetic knocking on the door mm. of like, come on, come on. People would ask me, oh, so Denise, do you are you going to do a course on money again? And they're like, no, go away. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> so that's how it manifested for me. For other people, it just it's just this compulsion. I need to do this, but I'm really scared. That's fascinating. I'm currently reading this book called The, the War of Art, and it's all about resistance. I'm still really processing mm. that, but it's got a lot of what you're saying, like this, this burning desire, but also this immense fear, resistance, um, basically. And, and from my own experience, I've noticed that it can be really tricky to identify it, even though it's staring you in the face somehow because you, you can rationalize. We're so good at rationalizing everything away. Do you have any tricks yeah. for helping people know like when that rationalization thing's happening and when it actually is that real sign that this is what you're meant to do, girl <laughs> or guys? Oh, it's, it's so tricky, right? Because it feels the fear and the excitement feels kind of the same. <laughs> so it's really hard to know the difference. I, the way I always do it is if I, I sort of trick myself and say, okay, you don't have to do this. Oh. And then there's that thing that's just like, but I want to. Okay. <laughs> so I listen to that and I just say, pressure's off, don't do it. And it's kind of that re reverse psychology that I use on my daughter all the time. I'm just like, okay, don't do it. And she's like, 
mm, but I want to now. I go, okay, then that's fine too. So that's how I just did it for myself. I was like, don't talk about money then. Okay. I was like, but, um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's how I did it. That's an awesome tip. I really, I really love that. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I put a big, big stars all over. I'm taking notes, of course. Um, okay. So the other <laughs> question that I had when you're talking about your story was um, for the coaches who are out there, you know, a lot of the new coaches do just open themselves up to coaching anything at the big, be- at the beginning while they're learning. Um, what do you think about that as a strategy for getting started versus, you know, maybe uh, doing a lot of planning up front or focusing in too early? Um, do you have any views on that? Yes, I have met tons of people who've been working on their business plan for five years and they yeah. don't have any clients. <laughs> I'm sure you see that yeah. a lot. Um, I think the truth is you you can't um, you can't really decide your target market upfront because you don't know. I think well, I think this for most of us, we don't know what we're going to like until we're in that situation. And I see this with my hubby Mark because he's considering becoming a coach and he's sort of agonizing over who and what, you know, all the questions that you have. And I was like, just go out and coach 20 people because you, by the end of that 20 people or five or 10 or a hundred, you're going to be a little bit closer to that. You'll go, actually, I don't really like talking about that topic or that's not my zone of genius. And you will also know what kind of coach you are. If you're more of a consultant type coach or a coach that doesn't care what, you know, topics people bring because they're they're in that space anyway so just get a client see if you like it then get another client see if you like that one and adjust accordingly that's that's my route to it I know it freaks some people out because they feel like they have to know all the answers before they even get started and I I just don't see that working out for people I see it going into procrastination um, and you never get started Uh, and it doesn't matter if your first couple of clients are freebies that's what I did and it just gave me so much information. And then I just refined and you can change it. You can change your prices. You can change your target market as you go. Nothing is set in stone. Okay. So just that forward momentum, taking action is really key. It sounds like. I think so because I, I just know myself, if I get any chance to get out of something, I'll get out of it. Mm. Um, and I just have to move forward in baby step actions. Otherwise I'll never do anything. Baby steps. Yeah. Okay, great advice. I hope all the coaches who are pondering um, their early days just get out there and take action. Just start coaching. Do you have any tips um, for when you should stop doing um, pro bono or free coaching when you're starting out? Yeah, it's, you know, it's different for everyone. I did, I think, five clients and I gave them five sessions each or something like that. And I was pretty good at setting the boundary, you know, this is your last free session just to let you know, and you can sign up for my packages. I was pretty good at setting the boundary around it. And that felt enough for me. I just really, and you can charge from day one if you want to, that's totally fine. But I see people just get stuck in the pro bono chasm Mm. and they don't know how to get to the other side. And at some point it's okay for you to charge. Otherwise it's just going to be your hobby. If you want it to be your hobby, continue doing that. If you want to make it your livelihood, then you're going to have to charge people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I often, um, when I first started, I realized once I started doing my, my business numbers, like how much it costs to do my cards and how my internet and da 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 And then it kind of told me how much I needed to charge. It took some of that personal, taking it personally out of it. I don't know. That really helped mm. me. Is, is that um, anything uh, 
um, that you would advise or is that sort of hiding <laughs> as far as money mindset goes? You know, as a money mindset kind of person, sometimes people think that I have all the answers around pricing or charging or anything like that, or even boundaries. The truth is that it's not a black and white thing. You know, you've got to feel comfortable where you're at um, and the way you run your business. There are no rules. You can find the way that suits you and suits your, suits your clients. But what I do see around that stuff is that, um, you know, people are chronically undercharged. They have bad money boundaries. You know, if someone hasn't paid, they let them kind of get out of it. So there's just, there's healthy habits and unhealthy habits, but even that is dependent on your personality and the type of clients you want to attract. So you've got to just feel like you're in integrity with yourself and that you're happy in the way that you're running your business. You feel like you're not being taken advantage of, but you also feel integrity around the prices that you're charging. So there's no like ever a right or wrong or clear answer on that. Yeah, I guess that puts good energy around that whole, um, the whole transaction too. If you've got integrity around it, then it's a win-win, then yeah, it's coming from a different space. Yes, exactly. You know, I, I, my very early package, um, I think I was $75 for a session, but I did packages of six sessions and they ended up being like $45 each. And I stayed there for a couple of months and then I went up to 97 and then I think I did 130 and then 150, then 197 and then 250 and then 330 and then 500 and then 750. And I mean, there's no rules about when you can increase your prices or where you want to stop at. There are no rules. It's totally dependent on you, your target audience and, you know, and the value that you feel you bring to people. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your your journey to making money in your business, like some, some stories and some aha moments along your way? Yes. So when I first started, as I said, I did my freebie sessions with people. I actually started doing um, workshops in my town and that's how I got my first couple of clients. I didn't do it online. My first clients didn't come from Facebook. Um, they literally came from getting out in front of people and talking about goal setting and then just saying at the end, Hey, like not even a good sell, like not even close to being a good sell. I would just say, Hey guys, if you like what you heard, I can help you. Cause I've got some coaching sessions. Here's a piece of paper with the details and you can, I, I don't even know if I could take money. Oh, I think I just even got cash. I can't even remember. So I just made the offer. And then after that, I blogged every single week without fail, sent out a newsletter every single week without fail, even for those very few people on my list. And I did the exact same thing. Here's some information about, I don't know, creating a dream board, <coughs> pardon me, or doing this or doing this. And at the end of every single blog post, I'd say, and if you would like my help, you can book in for an hour coaching session with me. Even though I did not know what I was coaching on, like I really couldn't explain it to people. I couldn't say, here's the outcome that you would get from this session. All I said was you can spend an hour with me in a coaching session. I went very, very broad because people knew what they wanted to bring to me. They knew what they wanted help with. Um, and this is where I see people fall down a little bit. They're doing the advice bit. They're giving the free stuff out, but they never make an offer. They never give anyone an opportunity to book in with them. And you have to make it really obvious because people will take free information gladly. But if you just tell them, here's the next step, not everyone wants to take that step but some people are just waiting for you to ask. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I'm, I'm guilty for most of my blog posts. I gotta have a look at that. 
You're really good. <laughs> I've been on your list since um, I did boot camp last year. And um, yeah, your, your transition in your emails straight through to, uh, you know, here's what I've got right now, if you're interested, they're always very beautiful and very from the heart. Like it never even feels like a hard sale, sell or anything. So you're still doing that, it looks like to me. Well, one tip actually on that, I learned really early on to have detachment from the outcome because if you were having people around for dinner and you offered dessert and half the people didn't want dessert because they were full, would you like go in the kitchen and cry about it? (laughs) Most of us wouldn't. Or maybe if you spend a long time preparing the dessert, but at coffee and someone's like, I don't like coffee, you wouldn't be like, you don't like my coffee? (laughs) And, but yet somehow we expect a hundred percent conversion <laughs> or we feel like it's a personal rejection. So I learned very early on to be detached from the outcome. And I actually would even tell people, you know, if you don't sign up with me, you're okay. I'm okay, but I know I can still help you. So if you want my help, here's how you can have it. And it just felt low pressure. Mm. Cause I, you know, I was like, if I hang up from this call and you don't work with me, I'm going to like myself. I'm going to like you. But hey, it'd also be fun to work together. Yeah, and that's cool. Do you have any tips for, you know, for people who are like, oh my gosh, I have no idea how I'm going to be detached from the outcome. They've got that attachment between, you know, their success and the success of their coaching business. Any, any things they can kind of do to, to help that build that detachment? Um, well, what helped for me was also doing the work that I suggested my clients do. And that was really focusing on love and acceptance of Mm. myself. Mm. Um, And for me, that's EFT, emotional freedom technique, um, talking to my own coach, having kinesiology, um, really like doing the work that I needed to do to feel good in myself. Because that's the most important thing, really, feeling good in yourself um, and having an equilibrium of self-acceptance, you know, and then you can work on the other stuff. I think that's the only thing that, that matters. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And that your, your boot camp does that just beautifully too. Even though it's it's under you know money, it actually um, gets a whole lot deeper than that. Well, that's the secret, right? Yeah. It's that everything that we're all teaching is all about self love and acceptance, but it comes in different wrappers because mm-hmm. people think they need different things. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Okay, um, can you tell us a little bit about? working hard versus working in harmony and your sort of journey and experiences with that as being a successful online coach entrepreneur. Well, my first year of coaching, I did work really hard because I had zero boundaries and I felt like I had to take on every client that came my way. So I was getting up really early um, to coach say the UK market. So I was getting up sometimes at 4.30, 5.30, 6 o'clock for my first coaching session of the day. And then I would coach pretty much back to back. And then I would also sometimes do coaching sessions at night because I didn't want to inconvenience other people who wanted to work with me. So, um, and then the rest of the time I was on Facebook doing social media all day long. Um, And so I decided to set some boundaries and it felt really scary and one of the first boundaries was I wasn't going to wake up at 5.30 anymore. Um, if you wanted to work with me, my earliest coaching session was 7 o'clock, I think, that first boundary. Um, and I was like, if, you know, if that doesn't work for you, I'm just not the coach for you. Like, no big deal. Um, and then I decided to take certain days off coaching. So I took 
Mondays and Fridays off my calendar. And I felt like such a bitch. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh no, I have to be available 24 seven when people want me. Um, and I set boundaries with some of my current clients, you know, hey, you can't text me after, <laughs> you can't text me at all, actually. Let's take that out of our contract. Um, you know, I won't respond to your emails five minutes after you send them. Just little things like that really helped me see that I didn't have to work like a dog to be effective to my clients. I didn't have to work like a dog to make money. I could set boundaries. I could increase my prices so I didn't have to work as hard all the time. And I could really be a little bit pickier with the clients that that I brought on. And everyone knows this. As soon as you have a pain in the butt client, the money just does not seem worth it. Um, it doesn't. And you know what? The boundaries thing is my biggest lesson and it's still something I, I'm constantly working on because there's new boundaries that I'm finding all the time. But that was the thing that broke it for me of, um, of not having to work so hard. It was realizing, you know what? I'm allowed to have a break between clients so I can go and have a cup of tea and pee. <laughs> you know, I'm allowed to take a lunch break. <laughs> um, just because someone wants me to work at night doesn't mean that I, I have to. Those things really helped. And what, what did you notice in your income levels once your boundaries and it looks like even your, your self-care really improved drastically? It did because a lot of the time the fear we have around putting boundaries or in, even things like increasing our prices, we feel like we're never going to have any more clients, you know, or everyone's going to say no or reject us. And actually I realized that most people we're like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Okay. You know, I don't need a coaching session on Friday. It was actually a very rare thing that someone pushed back on it. And same with increasing my prices. You know, that most of the time it wasn't the pushback that, that I expected. It was just kind of like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> and I was like, oh. So, yeah, my income did go up um, because each time I stepped into a new layer of business, I actually got more clients. It was very weird. And everyone tells you that, you know, coaches will tell you that. Set port in faith and, and it will happen. But each time I was like, oh no, but this is really the end. I'm never going to get any more clients after this. And I did. And I continued to. And um, yeah. So did you, cool. did you have um, a big change in your, in your business model at some point that helped you take on more clients or, um, and, and have that more harmonious experience yes well one thing that i really did i just kept on increasing my prices so i could take on fewer clients um and that freed up time to write a book to create a course um to make sure there were a lot of resources on my blog so i did shift more to a one-to-many model and that was because it it just it, it suits my personality much better i found i really maxed out at sort of 10 clients a week I really couldn't take on any more. And I, could, I felt like I just couldn't in, increase my prices anymore. I just got to a limit where I was like, huh, I can either really drastically increase my prices, which mm, I just don't know if I want to do, or I can find another model to also supplement this coaching income. And I did the second. Okay. Oh, goodness. I see we're, we're getting to our timeline. Um, and I've got all these other questions. Um, let's see. That's okay. I just got a message from my hubby saying he's going to be 15 minutes away oh. to pick me up. So we've got 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Universe is delivered. <laughs> All right. Yes, well, exactly. I don't have to choose and I'm going to ask both. All right. Um, <laughs> I know that, um, 
well, in, 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 I've sort of had this, this undercurrent feeling, and I think that's why I was drawn to being a coach, that there's a, this shift in global consciousness that's been happening for a while. Um, and I heard you recently talk about it on one of your, um, I think, Facebook Lives about, you know, this, this rise of a new kind of energy in the world and how that might be contributing to a change in the way entrepreneurs work, which has just totally inspired me. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and share your insights, um, you know, from, from where you're, you're sitting as an entrepreneur and a, and a business yeah. today? Well, oh, it's so complex because I really have seen a shift in the online world a lot in the last year, um, particularly since the US election stuff heated up. I think that people are burnt out and a bit cynical and they're just there's so much noise in the online space and this is actually really good news I think for coaches because I think people are hunkering down and and also wanting a little bit more intimacy and a little bit more um, personal attention than doing a big you know just joining someone's online program at the moment and I definitely see that even with smaller events and local things and people doing more intimate you know, in-person stuff even, you know, that almost feels like that's a huge advantage right now if you've got that kind of capability because so many entrepreneurs went, I'm not doing any one-to-one, I'm just going big, <laughs> I'm just going in group stuff. And, um, but the online space is so noisy. So if you've got like anything that's intimate, bespoke, um, in-person, then you've got to, you've actually got a really great opportunity right now because women are really craving that. And the other part of that is at the same time, um, there's a calling for women to really step up and have a say around how things are happening in the world. And that takes money, you know, for a long time. So I've seen the entrepreneurial world go, you know what, let's just barter with each other or, you know, let's, let's just keep things affordable for our audience. And we've kept ourselves very, very small and there is an opportunity for us to have more say when we have more money and we have purchase power in our lives. And not only that, we've created our own economy. And I've heard this criticism recently when someone said, oh, the coaching industry, it's just this big old pyramid scheme and it's just women coaching women who are coaching women who are coaching women. And they're very cynical about it. And, but I've seen, no one talks about that, by the way, for the male personal development industry, which has been around for decades, longer than ours. It's for some reason, theirs is legit and ours is this house of cards that's going to fall down and it's all fake money. And it's not. We're generating real income. We're generating real changes for our clients. And the cool thing is that when women make more money, I mean, I just want you to ask this of yourself, right? I mean, have you hired another woman in any capacity? from the success of your business? Yes. Yeah, right? And it could be in big ways and small ways. Have you bought something from a female-owned business? Yes. Have you bought something even like, like quote-unquote superficial, like jewellery or some handmade thing from a woman? When yes. you've got yep. money. No, totally do. And then the last question is, and have you donated some of your excess money that you've made from coaching to causes that enrich other women, children, the planet, etc.? Yes. And yes, there's definitely more to come. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. But women, That's the thing. It's, it starts now. It starts yeah. where you're at. Yeah. And women do that. They give back in. Yeah. 
We do. But if we're all just going to sit in our houses, um, stay small, not put ourselves out there, not take on any clients, try and do everything in ourselves in our business, we're not expanding that economy for women. and We're not expanding that purchase power that we can create in the world. So that's how I'm choosing to serve. I have zero desire to become a politician ever, ever, ever in any country or any form. Um, I'm not even particularly an activist, to be honest, even though I am happy to lend my voice to causes that I'm passionate about. But the way I choose to serve is I want to help people transform their lives and I want to encourage people because I'm an encourager um, rather than a guru. I want to encourage people to change their relationship with money because most of us women... We've got money out there that's knocking on our door. We know that we're playing small. We're not taking on all the clients that we know we could. We are not making all the offers that we know that we should be. And we're really playing small at the moment. And my job is just to encourage people to step out of that a little bit, make some money, help other people. And the world is only going to get, the world is only become, only going to become better when women do that. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that, that you're, um, you're, you're, you, you touched on purchasing power. Um, and so does that mean that you're, you're an advocate for buying women-made products or, you know, do you, is there an equal market or I'm just curious to explore um, that a little? I don't think that I've got like a black and white policy of it, but I just notice in myself, I naturally spend my money that way. You know, mm-hmm. we do hire some men in our business for sure, but I really like hiring other women. I really like donating money to causes that enrich the lives of women especially mothers but because I just think that that's where I want to serve right now I've got nothing against men and obviously conscious men who support their women in this support their wives support their partners I mean guys obviously have a massive role to play in it I just know for me my the biggest impact I can make is helping the women because then they most of the time the women say in the boot camp they're the ones influencing their guys so I can have an impact on both men and women just for me focusing on women mm-hmm. um but but yeah guys you've got a you've definitely got a part to play in it as well yeah so has has this um this this concept of of women helping women and 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 having this this new purchasing power has have you drastically changed any of your trainings as a result of of I guess you're a deeper understanding of this lately or um, is it all kind of? It's really funny because the boot camp, money boot camp, we've, um, we've been running that since 2012. So it's a five year program. It's gone through four versions. The material, like the actual core of the material has been exactly the same for five years. But I think my energy is different. So people are perceiving it in a different way. And it definitely has a different intention behind it, even though the material is almost exactly the same. Um, so, yes, I mean, my desire for this is born out of being my experiences. I saw my my mom, my aunties, my grandmother with very little power in their own lives because of money. And it just power to choose, power to leave a husband who was like a deadbeat, power to choose where they live, power to choose a safe car, power to choose or not choose relationships. And so I know that it starts, that power, that purchase power is all encompassing. For some women, it is literally a choice of where and how they live. For other women, it's a choice of how they spend their money to influence the world. And for others with excess money to spare, you know, they can use their money in ways that that really do change a lot on a bigger scale. But 
and so that passion's always been there, but the earlier versions probably didn't have that intention behind it as much because it was more about, hey, let's get you making some actual money in your business so you can upgrade things in your life rather than, hey, let's change the planet. <laughs> um, but that intention's definitely there now. Yeah, awesome. Well, that's really cool. Um, um, one of my one of my uh, readers did want to know a little bit about if you could talk a little bit about how you um, started your money bootcamp signature program, like actually the the details of how you wrote it, and and did you start from scratch? Did you pull things together from lots of different sources? Like if you could talk a little bit about that process, because you know developing signature coaching programs is a lot of um, what we talk about. I actually think it was divinely guided. That's the only way I can think of it because I've never been as creative um, than like ever because it all just downloaded in such a perfect way. And as I said, I haven't even changed any of the content in five years um, because it's just all there. Um, I actually love the concept of a signature system. And so I actually even did a course about how to develop your signature system through Kendall Summerhawk. And I just sat down and went, okay, what did I teach people in my one-to-one coaching? And then what? And then what? And then what? The only change actually happened this round. I actually just moved around some of the content. So the content was the same, but I shifted around some of it. So some of it was, I moved it up earlier. Some of it, I moved it later. And part of that was um, feedback from people or just where I've seen people um, have roadblocks in the content. And some of it, I just wanted to bring some of the earlier wins, like some of the kind of big money wins that I see people get. I wanted to move that earlier in the course. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, but that's the only major change that we've done from that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah, all my work is based on the same signature system, by the way, the five same steps that I taught back in the day with my one-to-one clients. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what the topic is, it's still based on those five steps. Yeah, I think I think it's really good for coaches to hear too that your signature system actually can evolve. You know, you don't have to write it once and it doesn't have to be perfect. You actually can reorder it and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, some bits you kind of I actually took out a lot of the content that we created around it because the core modules were enough. But each module, I was adding in all these extra bonus things, you know, like, oh, well, then watch this TED talk on the same topic and watch Oprah talk about it. And people were getting really overwhelmed. So I, I actually embraced the less is more philosophy because people need time to, uh, they need time to digest the work. And that was the mistake I made back when I was a one-to-one coach. In that hour session that sometimes stretched to two hours, I tried to tell it. I just try to jam it all in, you know, it's like, let me tell you everything I know on this topic because I want to change your life in this one hour. Not realizing that true transformation takes time and people need to digest stuff. And so I took that philosophy in, in back into boot camp. simple. And you know what, this is the weirdest thing. This round people were saying, Oh, Denise, you showed up so much more, deeply in the course and like oh I got the lesson so much deeper and I'm thinking I just cut out like 80% of the stuff and I actually have been less in the boot camp group um, physically than normal so I just know that that less is more philosophy really does pay off
Okay, good. I hope everybody who's listening is hearing that less is more because it is really about the students experience, not you needing to prove that you're, you know, so amazing and you know everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And also that's just, it doesn't work. It doesn't actually help people when you try and do the work for them. Yeah, so true. Okay, I know that I'll we need them. to. I know that we need to wrap it up. Um, so, it, just in closing, what um, is one piece of advice that if you, you know, every listener um, would take away and do today? What would you like them to do? Find a client, see if you like it. <laughs> if you think you've seriously, if you're just starting out, find a client, see if you like it. If you think you're going to a new area or a new niche, find a client, see if you like it. Um, yeah. And just, just, just yeah. continue with that, you know, like try not to intellectualize it too much or find the perfect thing or the perfect strategy and make an offer, you know, just make an offer, mm. put a work with me button on your website. Don't make people work to give you money. Um, if you're giving freebies out all the time, keep doing that, but make an offer at the end, just tell people the next step. And I've honestly, I've built a, a very successful business on very imperfect placeholder systems that I was going to get around to fixing and making really sexy one day. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, most of the time I never got around to it because of the transformation that people got was, was enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Denise. It, it's just been a gift Thank to you. have you on this show and, and all this information that you've been able to share with my um, readers and listeners. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And you know what? I'd really like to ask a favor. Um, if you had an aha from this podcast, I would love it if you tagged me on Instagram because that's where I hang out most of the time these days. Okay. And my handle is at Denise DT, you know, like screenshot the little thing from the podcast, whatever, but just let us know what aha you had from this call. Cause that, that always makes my day. Awesome. Okay. And if anybody wants to learn even more about you and your work, where's the best place for them to go? Well, really easy. I'm just at denisedt.com. So Denise Duffield Thomas is my full name, denisedt.com. That's also on Facebook, DeniseDT, and Instagram, DeniseDT, and Twitter, DeniseDT. Um, but I've got a ton of freebies on my blog. So if people want to get some more information about pricing or working with their money blocks, then my blog is the best place to go. Yeah. And there's so much great stuff there. It's just a, a treasure trove. All right, Denise, thank you so much for being on the show. Anytime. Thanks everybody. Thank you. And everybody, please go and like the show on iTunes. I'd really appreciate it. Have a great day and happy coaching.